What is good, Pegasus Nation? We are back with another banger episode. I am your host, Carlos Fierro, alongside my co-host, Armando. And we are back with the scoop. Let's get into it. Alright, so football started yesterday with the Bundesliga and the Premier League. Yeah, we got football back, guys. We got soccer is back. Bundesliga and the Prem is back. I am very excited. So let's get into all the action from last night. So yesterday, Bayern Munich beat Eintracht Frankfurt 6-1. Sadio Mane scored his first Bundesliga goal. Yeah, Man, that, that team is going to be nice. Bayern Munich is going to be scary. And this is a Bayern team that just lost Robert Lewandowski... And they just beat the team 6-1. If Lewandowski was still there, I'm, get, I'm willing to bet that game goes to like 10-0. <laughs> and they were up 5-0 at halftime. Sheesh! Damn it, man. How, this, now, how much of an impact do you think Sadio Mane will make in terms of being that replacement that, uh, Lewanda- of, of Lewandowski? I think he shows promise. I mean, after the game, he went up into the crowds and celebrated with the fans. You can tell that he is determined and is waiting to uh, to connect w- with the teams. And, yeah. and I mean, like he's it's w- going to be yeah. a promising future yeah. for Bayern and as well as for him. Yeah, because I mean, like he did everything that he could have with Liverpool. <laughs> And, like, I've heard the criticism of people saying, oh, why'd he leave after they lost the champions? Because, I don't know, let's, let's be honest, and we'll get into this, like, when we talk about the Prime in a little bit. But as, that te- as good as that Liverpool team was, how much better were they really going to be this season? Like, yeah, sure, you add Darwin Nunes, but I, I, don't th- I think Sadio Mane made a good decision leaving Liverpool to join a really strong club in Bayern. And I think now he really gets a chance that he didn't in Liverpool to be the number one guy. Yeah, I mean, in Liverpool there was a lot of competition. I mean, I think he was a starter, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, I look at like the there was. I don't think he was. This brings me to the next question I have for you. Was there ever a time or a year that you looked at Sadio Mane and said he is the best player on Liverpool? I mean, he was certainly underrated yeah. at his time in Liverpool. I mean, I don't... As he's in criminally, he was criminally underrated. He was really good. He was a baller. But there was never a year that I could have honestly said in his time during Liverpool that he was the best player on that team. You looked at the guys like Van Dijk was was really good. You looked at uh, Salah, Alisson was incredible. So like, there was a lot of ego on that Liverpool team. So I think it's gonna be a fresh start for uh for Sadio Mane to go into a German side, and make an impact. Yeah, and it all comes down to: Are you really happy? In in the situation that you're in. Yeah. On your team. And. In your, in that country. Yeah, because like you go from being a player, because we know Senegal. If Senegal makes a run in the World Cup, it's going to be because of Sadio Mane. 
So it's going to be interesting to see how Mane, what type of shape Mane is going to be in both mentally and physically heading into the World Cup, which is like around four months away. All right. Now, and the Premier League started yesterday as well. Arsenal won 2-0 against Crystal Palace. A goal by Martinelli and an own goal by Guay. Yeah, I think that's I think that is how I don't know how to pronounce that guy's name. So sorry, Guay. <laughs> but that is a little I did catch a little mm-hmm. bit of the game. Like I I couldn't watch as much of the game as I wanted to, but from I I watched I think I turned it on at like the 60th minute. Motherfucker, Arsenal is scary. This is something you and I have said on the show many times. Arsenal is dangerous. What were your thoughts on Arsenal's opening performance last night? I mean, I couldn't catch Arsenal's game last night, but I did catch Arsenal's friendly. But like not a friendly because it was for yeah, a cup that I didn't even know existed in the Florida Cup. Me neither. But the way they just destroyed Chelsea. Yeah, that was like... And I mean, last, last night they played well. I mm. think that team has potential. And I'm excited. It's a team that I'm really going... To, like, I'm really looking forward to seeing how they continue to play. Yeah, man. Like, in that Chelsea game, I'm going to be completely honest here. I saw hints of prime Barca. Yeah. I saw hints of that tiki-taka that they were so dangerous with I think this could from what I've seen last night and in that Chelsea game I'm seeing literal small pieces of like Thierry Henry when he was in Arsenal those what were their nicknames they had like a nickname it wasn't the Galactics it was like I think it was like the Heroes or something but like prime Arsenal at their best when they won all those chairs when they won the Premier League and the FA Cup and all those things. This is looking like one of the best Arsenal squads in years. By far. Yeah. I agree 100%. And I mean, like, you look at a club that's seen so many great players. Like Henry, uh, Alexis Sanchez, I believe, played for Arsenal one, yeah. one or two seasons. Mazur Otsil had that good run. And then uh, now with Saka, Gabriel Jesus. I now. Arshavin. Arshavin, yep. Arshavin. So, like, Arsenal has that legacy, so now they're starting to actually live up to it. Alright, so. So, League One started yesterday, and PSG played their first game today, had an astounding 6, I mean, 5 0 win with a. Uh, Fantastic messy goal. Yeah, that, that to was to cap off the display. Now, Messi's incredible, and I've said I love this. I love this man. He's, he's honestly. For me, he's he is the greatest. Uh, he's the most skilled. He's like he's one of the greatest soccer players of all time, and man, PSG. But I don't know if PSG is right for him like he's great but what I'm what I don't like is like after every after all the controversy that happened with PSG this summer with the Mbappe signing 
coaches and players rejecting him. It makes me it like it makes me worry that people are like like this could be an effect on Messi's legacy playing for a team that had that many negative uh publicity on them. But last night's goal was beautiful for Messi. And and La Liga is set to start off next weekend on Friday. La Liga soccer is back, man. I'm excited. So uh, who do the who do uh, Barcelona and Madrid play? Well, let's take a look. Cause man, it is, it's, it's going to be very, very, very. It's going to be a fun time. We're getting soccer back, and it's beautiful because, like, after a crazy good transfer window, which is still open, it doesn't close to the 31st, so that's going to be interesting. And after all the new signings finally getting to be able to play, it's going to be an exciting season. All right, so La Liga starts off with Osana against Sevilla. Barcelona's first game is the following day, August the 13th, against Rayo Vallecano and... And Real Madrid plays August the 14th against Almeria. Let's get your predictions for Barcelona Vallecano. How how do you see that game playing? I see that game as a good start to the season. You know, I see Vallecano putting up a good fight, but I don't see them scoring. I see Barca winning 2 nil, 3 nil. Yeah. Who did, who did you say Madrid play? Almeria. Okay. We, I, I have a feeling that Real Madrid's like, especially in that first half, I have a feeling that we're going to come out a little bit too cocky. So I think, and I think that's going to cost us a goal that we will conceive a goal. But then I think we're going to do what we do best and in true Real Madrid fashion, make a comeback. So I, I'm going to say 2 to 1. And the second goal will come at like the 80th minute from from the greatest comeback player of all time, Karim Benzema. Because yeah, I feel I have a feeling that Real Madrid's gonna like play too confident, too cocky, with the signings of Rudiger, Schwamani. So hopefully it doesn't happen and we just destroy them. But who knows? Demolish them. All right, now we are going to get started with some news. Around the transfer window. And outside the transfer window. Exactly. Just news all around. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so Barcelona was offered seventy million plus Marcos Alonso, a player that they were going after for Frankie the Young. And as a Barca fan, I think they should take it. Yeah. I mean it makes the most sense. You're getting a player that you guys want. And getting rid of the young, so you're clearing up that cap space. You're getting seventy million in return. I would even say maybe put in Serginho Dice into that deal, so you can clear that cap, especially like, because then you could go after like Bernardo Silva, and you could even have more money to go after more guys before the August thirty first mm-hmm. deadline. So I think it makes a lot of sense as a Barca, as a, for Barcelona it makes a lot of sense. And and more news on De Jong. Manchester 
United is desperate for De Jong and they are really pushing for him. But I'm not gonna lie, I I'm having a tough time seeing how Manchester United could sign him. Cristiano Ronaldo. At this point. <laughs> I think I wouldn't mind that. Now, Maybe. speaking about Ronaldo, I want to ask you this question. How much do you think this whole Manchester United interest in the young, how much do you think that is pure interest? And how much do you think that's Cristiano Ronaldo pressuring Ten Hag to make some moves? I see it 90% being Ronaldo. Yeah. Because, like, I think you look at what Ronaldo is doing. Like, he's going to, he's going to leave. I do think he's going to leave next summer. You're going to lose Cristiano Ronaldo. He's not playing in the Champions League, but he wants a good team to compete in the Europa League. And I'm going to be honest, as presently constructed, I don't know if I could, I don't even know if Manchester United are good enough to compete in the Europa League. I mean, at the end of last season, at the end of the Premier League, I don't think they qualified f- for anything, really. Yeah, actually, I mean, yeah. I think they're in the conference. conference League. Bro, Cristiano Ronaldo goes from playing with champions to fucking Conference League. And, like, it's it was such a bad season last season. And, like, the team hasn't gotten a lot better. Sure, they brought in Eriksen, Martinez. But, like, bro, you got if you, if they can bring in... De Jong, which I don't know if they can. I see him more than likely. I see him going to Chelsea. But, like, if you can bring in De Jong, that would put Manchester United in a position where they can qualify. Maybe for champions. Definitely for Europa next season. Yeah. Well, going back to Spain, Javi sees Marlem Janic as a replacement for Sergio Busquets. And like as Busquets coming to an end in his career, give or take one or two years, I think Janic could help in that yeah. area yeah. as, as a center defensive mid. Yeah, I think, I mean, I like, I like Pjanic. He was, I, I loved him in Juventus. I think he was really good in Juve. But I see him exactly as... I think he would be like a temporary replacement for Busquets until Barca can get them... Get their hands on... Uh, on someone better, which I know they definitely will, so... It's definitely going to be interesting to see how they play Pjanic in the future. Alright, so... As an update on the on the Bernardo Silva news, Barcelona have reached a full agreement with Bernardo Silva for a four year contract. Now it's just about the clubs. <laughs> and, and I mean like I think it's gonna get done. I think it's a matter of time before this deal gets done. I wouldn't be surprised if we're reporting that it's done like very soon. Yeah, I mean Beb Guardiola said that uh he said that he would love Bernardo Silva to stay in Manchester City, but he can't do anything if Bernardo Silva feels that he needs a change yeah. of scenery and, I mean, like, and a new challenge in his career. It, it, he does. He does. Because, like, 
what is left to accomplish in the prem if he stays for like there's not a lot that you that's left to accomplish maybe winning the champions league with city but i think if you go to barca it gives you a better chance to win the champions league than if you went and if you stayed with city so i definitely think he should i think he's barcelona bound i've said, i've thought about this since the beginning because like it makes sense why he uh it makes sense. He's a, he's he really does feel like a Barcelona player. He feels like a Barcelona esque player. Yeah, I mean, he has. He can improve that team so much. In that center midfield area. And. And he has so much experience that yeah. and it would help mentor the young players as well. So it's definitely it's definitely an interesting move. I'd ex I expect it to be done before the August thirty first deadline. Because like I definitely th I think it's gonna be done in the next coming days. All right, next up. Barca have initiated works on signing Bernardo Silva. Yeah. So let's just see if they can work up some kind of deal. Yeah. With hopefully, uh, hopefully Manchester it's a win-win. Hopefully both teams win, cause like I would, I would love to see both teams succeed. Cause I definitely think Barca is gonna get the better of the deal, but hopefully it's like, hopefully they like give Manchester City something. For uh, for Bernardo, I think the deal could be expected to be around sixty to eighty million. Yeah, not I think it should be eighty. Definitely not a hundred million though. <laughs> I think yeah, sixty to eighty is a a good price. And uh, Gavi is in position to extend his contract as well. Yeah. I mean, how do you replace a player like that, though, if you're Manchester City? How do you replace a player like that if you're City? Like, how, who, if you were in charge of Manchester City, if you were the Qatarian president, I mean, <laughs> the Manchester City president, how do you replace Bernardo Silva? I mean, if they're comfortable with it, just uh, exchange Silva for De Young. Yeah. That's what I would do. I mean, I think that would be a smart deal. That would be the, that would be a really smart deal for both sides of the court because you get it's basically like a trade in the NBA. Yeah, you get something for something. It's it's a, it's a smart deal, but if it's not the young, I think maybe like maybe they could go after like a Cal Harvard or a uh, I don't know. I think I think uh, may yeah I think a may. Oh wait, no! I was about to say go after De Bruyne, but then they. I remember City has De Bruyne. <laughs> so yeah, I think a De Jong would be good. Yeah. All right, news outside the transfer window. Florentino Perez 
has talked to Bayern Munich to convince them to join the Super League. I mean, this is... I gotta say, like... I, I've been covering sports for four years now. I turned four a couple of days ago. I have never seen a story this crazy. As crazy as the Super League one. Because, holy crap, it's been like months of ongoing situations... But I don't know, man. It could it could happen. It could not. It's like it's an interesting thing here. Interesting because uh, it's been going on for so long. I don't even know if it's been shut down. Yeah, if it's on. It's like, like it has so many moving pieces. It's so difficult to like fully understand it. Yeah, and I mean, and I mean, with all these courts going on. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely think it's a, it's, it's interesting. It's a difficult. To, it's a weird story to like understand and wrap your head around. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully we get an end to this one day. But like, how could it affect Bayern to join the Super League? If they join the Super League. I mean, it all depends on like what the Super League ends up being. If if they go through with it, I believe with the original plan that was like a separate league, <coughs> then Bayern would lose out on winning the, the... They wouldn't be able to win the Bundesliga. And I don't know. It could even cost them shots at like the Champions League. Because I think a couple months ago, UEFA said that any club that joins the Super League would be kicked out of... Uh, out of the champions, so it would have a lot of drastic measures for, for the clubs. And, uh, and with all these court hearings and this and that with UEFA and, and the Super League teams, do you think it's possible that they could find an agreement somewhere in between where whether the Super League could be in, in confinement of what Waifa is okay with it being. I mean, I think it could, but now here's another ripple ripple effect that not a lot of people are talking about. Let's say they do make the Super League, and let's say they use... I think if they do the Super League, then the balance of power with the leagues would change because then the Super League would basically be like what the Champions League is now with all the best teams. That's what I think they should do. But then the Champions becomes the Europa League. Essentially. That would be where all the shittier teams would go. The Europa League would basically be demoted to... Maybe it doesn't... Maybe they don't get... Maybe they get rid of it completely. Maybe the Europa League becomes the Conference League. The Conference League is... Just disappears. I mean, like, I think this is... I don't know if if it's been around for, like, two or three years, but I think this is the first year of the Conference League. Yeah. I mean, like this this whole Super League decision has a has a chance to like shake up like football, the game of European football as we know it, because like it would literally be like a league that every single week you could even get a pause, you could get a chance where you could be looking at El Clasico every other weekend. Like, we could be seeing an El Clasico every other weekend. We could be seeing PSG Real Madrid every day. 
Yeah, I mean, like, so, it's in a position where uh, it could change the way of things regardless of the rules of the of the regulations. Yeah. It's got a lot of it's got a lot of implications and it's really going to be interesting. Not just it's also going to be interesting to see how FIFA reacts to this. How FIFA like what measures would FIFA take towards the teams and the players? Because like when this whole thing was beginning like they said that they like said a drastic measure that said like any player whose club is in part of the Super League won't be able to play for their countries at the World Cup or national level. So then it becomes a part of if Manchester United joins and if PSG joins, then you can see a Portugal and Argentina squad with no Messi or Ronaldo ever. So it's definitely going to be an interesting thing to see how it plays out. Definitely. Oh, yeah. And uh, speaking of tough times in the world of football, La Liga has rejected Barcelona's attempts to to register their new signings. And uh, John Laporta has been told that the wage bill needs to be slashed before Robert Lewandowski and Rafinha can play. And I mean, like... Now we get to a point where it's going to be a lot of pressure on the team, and, and especially on Laporta, because as, you've, as we spoke about this earlier, La Liga starts next weekend. Yeah. Like, and that's not going to change if they can report. It's not going to change whether Barca can or not report the players. Like, the Liga is not going to like, magically wait for them. So the time, it's, it's really... Barca's backs are now against the wall to get that Dijon or some... Or, like, get a wage deal done now. It's like in FIFA. <laughs> it's definitely going to be an interesting, an interesting thing to see. I mean, like, now the question is, how can Barca solve this? I mean, like... And in a week. Yeah, I mean, do they activate another lever? Do they sell more of their... Uh, I mean, but here's uh, another thing. That's only going to get you so far. Like, as a business standpoint right here, this is how I'm looking at it. It's like, you can only sell so much of your rights because then, yeah, sure, you look at it in a short term, yeah, you can register the players. But you're not going to control. I think they're at 25% sold, I think. Yeah. So that leaves them with like 80 something percent, like 85 but, like, if you continue to sell, 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 like, yeah, maybe you do get to keep your players. But then your team is going to be so good, but you won't be able to get any money from the TV deals anymore. So you're going to lose, you're going to actually start losing the money that you would be getting in from the TV deals. You're not going to get that money anymore. So this whole situation with La Liga is going to maybe even cost Barcelona money in the long run. And. And that was the situation of Lewandowski and Lafinia not, not, not playing. I mean, yeah, they have... Uh, Other guys, but that's going to cost them games. Yeah. And people want to see Lewandowski. Yeah. They want to see Lafinia. Like, 
like, how much money are you going to be, like, at this point, Barca's going to lose money because, like, clubs are going to, like, the fans are going to go to those stadiums, especially in Vallecano, and the first coming couple of days, they're going to want to go see Lewandowski and Rafinha play. And if they don't get to see them play, you're gonna, they're going to they're gonna start asking for refunds. And then you're going to give more money and more money and more money and more money. It's like this deal right now, Barcelona's financial situations are, it's, it's, it's a difficult time for Barca. And I think they have to figure something out before they could be like, like before disaster. But like, I think they have to figure something out. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think I think that could include Jules Conde. Yeah, I think that would include. If I'm not mistaken, that would include. He was their most recent signing. That would include most of the signings. That would include all of the signings. So that would include every single Barcelona player, any player Barca's bought, and that would also include if they can get the deal done with Bernardo Silva. So if they even even if they do get the silver deal, he wouldn't be able to play unless they figure this situation out. So now it becomes a question of do you really still prioritize signings at this point, even though if you do get the signings, they're not gonna they're not gonna be able to play for you. Yeah, and and uh, all of those things that they're trying to do with the weddings. Yeah. And uh and the renting the pitch. Hell, I think you yeah, and I, yeah. if we wanted to, could literally go to Barcelona and play a game. Out. We could probably like rent out the stadium and do an episode in Camp Nou. That's not a bad idea. We're gonna do that one day. <laughs> We're gonna help fight. We are going to financially help Barcelona one day by going and recording a state uh, an episode in the stadium. Mark my words. But yeah, on serious terms, like it now becomes a a ticking time bomb to like. For yeah. Barcelona. Yeah, and, uh, and the more that this thing goes on and like helping it in the moment, it could affect them in, affect the... Them in the future. Yeah, and, because... And who knows how terrible it would end up being. Yeah. I mean, right now, it's, it's, it's a bad... <clears throat> but then it also comes to show you how <coughs> badly ran Barcelona was. Like how badly ran this club was, even in the golden, even in the golden years of Messi, Neymar, Suarez, Iniesta, Xavi, like that club was great on paper and a great <coughs> soccer team, but financially they were in the fucking ruins. Like, it's like it's like here's the thing. It's like this, Netflix. We all know how good Netflix is. We all use Netflix. Netflix's financials are bar. Right now, Barcelona is the soccer version of Netflix. They are great looking, but terribly ran. Like, I don't think... Uh, I mean, ever since Disney Plus and like Paramount and Hulu... Yeah, obviously. All of those stuff came out. I don't think... I, mean, I think Netflix lost the majority. Yeah, they lost billions. I mean, they've, they've lost billions of dollars. Barcelona have lost billions of dollars. And, like, if you look at what I... Like, it's a bad financial situation to be in right now. Yeah. It's crazy how... How you can be at the top of the world... And in five years... You hit rock bottom. Yeah. I mean, which is also crazy. Like, 
I, in, you see, yeah, five years ago, Barca was at the top of the world. But, like, they were on the top of the world to us. Inside of the, in, in, eternally, Barcelona had a cancer inside of them. And that was the president. Before Laporta came in, the, the, the last administration Barcelona had was running them into the ground. Okay, so. Well, that's enough of that. Yep. So. That's enough of the depressing shit. <laughs> Alright, so Chelsea is looking bright with Mark Cucurella set to join them. Yeah. I believe he has already been confirmed. Yes. By a good friend, Fabrizio. <laughs> Poor man doesn't sleep, dog. So they have signed him on. $55 million plus seven on add-ons and and Chelsea have gotten him for a six-year deal. I didn't even know you could get players for six years. <laughs> and they also re-signed Aspilicueta, I believe, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, look, Chelsea's making moves. Like... We've we've said we've talked about Arsenal, we've talked about Tottenham, we've talked about City doing and Liverpool. Like but no one's talking about how good of a transfer window signings Chelsea are doing. Like Raheem Sterling mm. to Chelsea, yeah. man. Yeah, Sterling, Aspilicueta, yeah. now. Like, these are moves that put you in contention to win the Prem. Plus, plus, look at the players they already had. They had Timo Werner. They have they Christian have Pulisic. They, they have Kante, Mount. Havertz. Havertz. They've got really good defenders. They've got Mendy at goal. They're ran by, to me, the best coach in the Premier League in Thomas Tuchel. Like, you are such an under... Chelsea is such an underrated team. It's almost feeling like Actually, they... If I'm not mistaken, I think they have... Uh, I think they have Kulibali as well. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, they still have Thiago Silva as well. So, yeah. you still have Thiago Silva. You have Kulibali. You have all of these guys. Like, Chelsea's going to be dangerous this season. Yeah. Definitely. It's and, uh, a good team. And then especially, I really want to say this, but I think Chelsea is being slept on this season. Yeah, and now, if they could somehow get Frankie De Jong on that team, a Kyle mm. Havertz, a Kante, a Mason Mount, and a Frankie De Jong, plus Pulisic, plus uh, a Spiriqueta, plus everyone they uh, have, Pulisic. plus Pulisic, plus Sterling, Jesus, this team's gonna. I agree with you on the part that they are slept on. I'm not sure. Because you have Manchester City, you have Liverpool, and you have a rising Arsenal. Yeah. That everyone has their eyes on. Yeah, you you also have Tottenham. Tottenham has made some improvements. Then you look at the drama that's going on in Manchester. Like, you can't. Like, there's not a lot of. And, like, we've been part of the problem. We've barely talked about Chelsea, but that's because Chelsea's really well ran. And I, like,. And and this is something else people have to remember. Chelsea just recently got a new owner a couple months ago. Yeah. 
This is a newly American ran team. Miracle. <laughs> Miracle. Miracle. <laughs> but yeah, like this is a team, especially if they can get the young. I'm going to go bold here. If they can get Frankie the young, they're going to win the Premier League and be in the Champions League finals. I mean, those are the three teams that always make the Champions League because, quite frankly, they've never had any problems. Yeah. Like, well, so, uh, alright, so, yeah, like, Chelsea has not been talked on because they are so well ran. And, yeah, they have a god squad that, quite frankly, can be very good. They can be very good given their chemistry and the new signings of fucking Raheem Sterling. He is a threat on the right wing. Fucking Pulisic, I think, is criminally underrated. Qu- quite simply because he is not up to standards in the Premier League. But yeah, and adding the signing of Frankie the Young would definitely they could be yeah in the top two yeah I def I we will both say this to close this segment off Chelsea's gonna be a team to watch next season definitely <laughs> I need these to probably just edit that shit out Alright, so... You guys are getting a behind-the-scenes look at what we do. <laughs> Alright, so, well... With that being said, we will now move back to Spain to Barcelona. Robert Lewandowski has been announced as the new number nine. Oh, yeah. What, what do you think about this? I think... he If he plays... If they can actually register him... He is going to be an incredible number nine. Because I think what Lewandowski is, is he about, he's like everything that a number nine should be. Like whether you want to or not, and this, I don't, no homo when I say this, you have to be good looking to be a number nine. You have to have that look, that star power look. You have to command an offense. You have to be able to like score the goals. You have to be a goal scorer. You have to be selfish as fuck. Like, the number nine position is the one position you have to be selfish. Because if you start passing it, yeah, maybe that's going to look good to your team, but you're not going to get many. You're not going to get the flashiness. But I think Lewandowski is the perfect number nine for Barca. Now, the, the real question is, how does this affect, how does this affect Memphis Depay? He's well, Memphis Depay, he... There's already been word of of him accepting a departure from Barcelona yeah it's best it's definitely it's what is best for both because now you can have a true number nine I don't think Depay was ever truly the number nine of Barca like he's not what like if you look at the cup at the past number nines Suarez you had Suarez in that 
You had Griezmann, you had Suarez. Two, two of those guys that like were goal-scoring machines, especially Suarez, in his prime. I think you're finally getting back into that monster goal-scoring machine at your number nine with Lewandowski. I think Depay should leave Barca. And I think, honestly, if, they, if he's available, Manchester United should sign him on the free. And that would actually be the perfect backup that they need. Or yeah. like, or they could even play him like they could like maybe as a replacement for Ronaldo. For Ronaldo. Or they could even do a four four two and play both Ronaldo and Depay. Yeah. And honestly, I will even say this: I think Madrid should even look at Depay as that backup for Karim Benzema, which we don't currently have. Which we'll get into that a little bit later on in the show. But like, I think Memphis Depay is going to get a lot of attention from a lot of different clubs. Yeah. And as much as I hate to say it, I I enjoyed watching him in Barcelona. Yeah. He was fun. I mean, he's a fun player to watch, man. Like him in the Netherlands. I'm 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 I'm, a whole, I'm so excited to watch him play in Qatar. Alright, so now, as Real Madrid prepares to face Eintracht Frankfurt in four days for the Super Cup final, what do you think? I think Real Madrid have this. I think we are miles ahead of Frankfurt, and we were talking about this before the show. How the hell is, how are we playing? How is Frankfurt, how did Frankfurt win the Europa League? Like, it is crazy to me that Frankfurt's in this situation. I'm not, but I will say this. I don't think we have, I think we have to go in there thinking, man, these guys are dangerous. Like, that is what makes a great team great. They never underestimate their their opponents. And as bad as Frankfurt looks on paper, they're there for a reason, so. But what I want to see, I want to see really good play. I hope... I want to see good play from Rüdiger. I want to see good play from Schwarmany. I'm looking at how they play Hazard in the early moments, if they even start him. I'm looking to see how how this year's team would different from last year's team. Like I'm excited to see Real Madrid in action. I've missed seeing Real Madrid in competitive action. So, what what do you think? What are your thoughts on this game? Honestly, I don't even know. How Eintracht Frankfurt managed to get to the finals. And uh, I am 100% convinced that that second leg against Barcelona in Barcelona, that was a robbery. Yeah. Because there was an uncaught handball, a, a very bad penalty with with someone inside yeah, the that box was, that, was the time. A, that was a bullshit call. But now here's what I here's what I wonder, and this is like, take this as criticism if you want. But this is like, but how think, the hell did Barca let that be that close? Like yeah. it should have never have come down to a second leg. Like yeah. yeah, Barca was bad, but like you guys were good enough, I believe, to have blown Frankfurt out of the water and made that second leg not mean shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't even. I don't know how that did not happen. Because, yeah, 
Yeah, like as you said, even though we, we were down, it's Barcelona. Yeah, it's like you guys had good players. Frankie was there. You had Torres, you had Fatih, you had Pedri. You had who the hell was your number nine back then? Dubai? I think. I think yeah. Alba. Oh, 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 sure. I think Alba, yeah. Yeah, so. You yeah, guys had good. Like, that looked. That looked like a team. And also, that team just came back from beating Real Madrid 4 0. Yeah. It was a 4 0 defeat, which to this day, I think, was the worst we've ever pl- we've played last season. You guys beat Real Madrid 4 0 just to go and do that to Frankfurt. Makes no sense, man. <laughs> yeah, and as you said, it should have never come down to a second leg. Yeah. And, like, th- that's why I'm actually saying this. I think Angelotti should make the players look at that, those two games. Analyze those two games as film. To see, because, to see where Frankfurt is at their best and at their worst and capitalize on, and capitalize on that. And, uh, it is looking like... It's looking like Frankfurt could lose their only good midfielder in uh, in in Kostic to to Juventus. Yeah. So and uh that that eases the load for Real Madrid. Yeah. I mean I think I def I'm expecting us to win. I'll definitely be watching the game. I believe it's Wednesday, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I'm definitely gonna be watching it on Wednesday. It's going to be interesting how this club plays and how we manage the high expectations of being Real Madrid. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know. I mean, hopefully it's not the same as what happened to... to hopefully. To Barcelona, but... I don't think it can ever be... this one-sided. Yeah. Because I, Real Madrid is loaded... On the starting eleven, on the bench, yeah. Past the bench, yeah. How our youth academy is better than their youth academy. <laughs> Stadiums, <laughs> cars, the players drive. <laughs> like every aspect. Women, put the wives against the wives, and Real Madrid even win that battle, man. <laughs> so hopefully we don't blow this game. But I will promise you, if we blow this game, you will not hear the end for me. I will criticize the Real Madrid players to my death. So, like, I, I'm, I'm excited. I'm nervous, and I just want soccer to be back, man. Ah, shit. <laughs> now to close this off, what are your, how, how do you think the game ends? I think the game ends. Real Madrid lifting up the trophy. I think Real Madrid wins this game 4-2. Four to two. Four to two. I think a 4-2 Real Madrid victory. I think that first half is going to be really close. I think Frankfurt's going to give it all they have in that first half. But I think, similar to what happened in the Champions League finals, I think we're going to score a goal late in the, late in the first half. And instead of the offside, by the way, I still stand on this. That... That was not offsides. That Benzema goal in the Champions League finals was not offside, man. So, yeah, just got to get that out of my way. But, yeah, I think, I think we go into halftime winning 2-1, to one, and then we just score, go ahead and score 3-4 and four early in the second, 
and then they score the second goal late in the game. But I think a 4 2. How about you? I give them 5 2. Yeah, I could see that. I could either see 4 2, 5 2. But hopefully we do. I think we win, and it's definitely going to be an interesting game. We will both be watching it on Wednesday. See? Yeah, and, uh, and more news on the Super Cup. Angelotti will be the first manager with four Super Cup wins if they defeat Frankfurt on Wednesday. I mean, now, I want to ask you this question. We know Angelotti's resume, obviously, being the first and only coach to win all five leagues. Four Super Leagues now. Where does this put him in your rankings of greatest managers of all time? I think that puts him in uh, top ten. Yeah. Which Actually, I want to know something. Who is the greatest manager of all time in your opinion? If you want, I'll make it easier. You can give me your top ten. I don't even know that many managers. <laughs> yeah. All right. I think... Like the best. Yeah, who is the best manager that you of all time? Because there's so many. Like, it's a lot. It's so many good guys. I mean, there's Jose Mourinho. Pep Guardiola. Club. You can put Club on that list. Club. Zidane. You have Simeone. Simeone, yeah. Angelotti, you have uh, the one from Juventus. I think his name started with an A. I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember. But like the one who he, he coached, Pirlo, he coached all those guys. I see his face, I just can't remember his name. Ugh. Yeah, that guy. So, yeah, like, there's a lot of great managers. But for me, in my opinion, it's uh, Pep Guardiola. Pep Guardiola, for me, is the best manager of all time. Because of, like, man, his teams have, like, his teams, the way that he played, it's bloody incredible, man. Honorable mention goes to Jose Mourinho. I think if Mourinho would have done more for Tottenham... I think the one thing that Mourinho does have over Guardiola is what is, is the, the, the teams that he's played for. Now, I think... I will say this. If he can bring Roma back to glory and maybe win a Serie A with Roma, then he will be the greatest manager of all time, maybe. I don't know much about managers, but... Uh... I think Guardiola has a very, yeah. very strong case to be the greatest of oh, all yeah. time. Yeah, I definitely look at it. Which is kind of hilarious, bro. One of our first episodes was criticizing Guardiola. <laughs> One of our first stories, we, I don't know like exactly what episode it was, but you guys can go check it out. It was actually us talking about Manchester City versus Atletico Madrid. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But now we think he's the greatest manager of all time. <laughs> Alright, let's move on How the turntables <laughs> Isn't it the other way around? Yeah <laughs> That's the point Exactly Alright, so <laughs> We've got a lot of the thing. Okay, so Madrid Want Iker Bravo 
saying he is an investment in the future. I believe he plays for for Le- Leverkusen. Yeah, I, have n- I think. I've got to be honest, I have no idea who this kid is. <laughs> I know. But for, they really want him. So. Yeah, so hopefully he's good. I mean, we, I mean, we, we really want... I mean, the deal is pretty challenging right now. Yeah. Being on... I want Jude. I would more. Th- I would love to have Jude on this team, but yet again, I mean, like we we don't know who this kid is. But like years ago, we had no idea who Vinicius was, who Valverde was, who Rodrigo was, and now they're household names. So, gotta trust Florentino. Now, moving on. Marcelo has received offers from Qatar, from Real, from Real Valladolid. From Hitafe, from Marseille and Turkey. But he wants Champions League football. And he does not want to leave Madrid. Which is really confusing at this point. Like like we don't know if he's talking about the city or if he's talking about like the club. Because if if he doesn't want to leave the city, the only choice would be Atletico Madrid and they don't want him. Now I wanna ask you this, how much if there even is a team, like there might not even be a team, like what is it, who is the team that you think could maybe look at Marcelo and say, could take a chance on Marcelo? Like a Champions League team that could use Marcelo right now. I mean, he doesn't want to live a trade. Yeah. But. I know Manchester United currently sent. They're left back on loan. Yeah. So. But the the key word there is Champions League. And like, true. I don't think he would go to United. True. So like, it makes United it. Is not... They're not even in the Europa League, I think. No. So like, it yeah. now becomes difficult. Like. Now. No. There's not a champ. I personally think it. I'm a, and I'm a Real Madrid fan here. PSG. G. Yeah, maybe. I wouldn't. Be, I think Neymar might get them to okay. buy him. Go play with Ramos. Exactly. Well, yeah. He said play. He never said start for the team. <laughs> he just wants to play for the champions. I think, P- honestly, PSG wouldn't be bad. But I don't even think PSG would want him. Nor do I think Real Madrid would do like business with PSG. Oh, wait, no. He, he's a free agent, isn't he? I think so. I think so. So, yeah. yeah. Maybe. go to Yeah, go to PSG. Because, like, there's not a team that I think could use him, though. And, like, I would have just taken... I honestly think a player of his caliber should just go to the MLS. Like, he should come to the MLS. Not into Miami, honestly. Preferably into Miami, but, like... <laughs> but, like, an MLS team. Like, you should do what Gareth Bell did. Because, like, I mean, like, look at what the, like, people are critic, like, saying the MLS is for retirement, guys. But, like, look at the, Bar- the Barca kid that's here in Galaxy. All right, him. Yeah. So, like, you have 20-year-olds coming from Barcelona to play for LA Galaxy. You have really good guys here. So, like, I don't think the MLS is not as bad as people think it is. And, uh, it's nice to see that uh, the MLS... As bad as it was a, a f- 
few years ago. Yeah, it's now. It's actually... It's improving. Like, and then the game quality, like, we've been to, like, two MLS games live. And... I gotta say, those have been some of the best games I've seen. I hate to admit it, but I enjoy the MLS. Yeah, I love the MLS. And I love, like... And, like, we're good. We, we have, like, connections inside the MLS. I, like... I really enjoy the MLS. They're good people. And, like, the games are good. Like... The that, games are that, shockingly good. That Inter Miami FC Cincinnati game might be the best game I've seen in my life. In person. In person, yes, obviously. In person. In person. Outside of person, it's not even close, but like in person. And like I we've we've seen El Clasico live in person, so. Alright. I still believe it's better than that El Clasico we went to see. I mean I don't remember watch. Yeah, I remember so I a lot know. of our games, so like yeah. Alright, let's move on. I just remember going into the stadium. Yeah. And then like leaving the, the halftime show. Yeah. I mean, I remember. Yeah. I remember going into the stadium because I cried literally because it was an El Clasico on Real Madrid. I cried my eyes out just being there, feeling it. I remember that it was the last game that Neymar ever played for P- for Barca. Yeah. And I remember Ronaldo wasn't there. It was like a good game. I don't even remember who won, though. I think Barca won. <laughs> Me neither. Who knows? <sighs> but what a game that FC Cincinnati Inter-Miami game was. I remember the day I found out that Neymar left us. I remember. Yeah, I remember. I remember that, too. God, that was... And I there was. I was walking into the kitchen, and yeah. the table was to my left. Yeah. And on the corner, the, the, there was a newspaper, That's... and and Neymar. Yeah. Who, well, he was on the front cover. Yeah. Holding a PSG jersey. I. With the number ten. Yeah. This is actually going to be embarrassing. I just took finished taking a shower. And I was coming out of the shower and my I I turned I just turned on Sports Center. And I see breaking news Neymar Jr is going to PSG. I almost passed out. <laughs> I was like no way. Like it was insane the reaction. Like PSG got Neymar. Man, that was that was crazy. All right, let's 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 keep going. We're like an right, hour. So, well, as you said before, fucking Ricky Puish joined LA Galaxy. But like, I think it's just best for him. Yeah. Because in Barcelona, he he barely got time yeah. to play. I mean, but like ever since Javi became manager, the, yeah, I mean, at least he got some more time, but. Yeah. I think this is still wasn't enough. Yeah. For him. I think this is really good because, like, I think now he can develop. In Galaxy, he's going to be playing competitive minutes because he's the best, one of the best players they got there. He's going to be playing, getting good playing time, being developed, competing for the championship in the MLS. And who knows, maybe in, maybe in a couple of years, Barcelona buys him back. Yeah. Yeah, I may be wrong, but uh, I think he's already a starter. Oh, yeah. He's, a, Galaxy. he's absolutely a starter. I think he's a starter and I think he's like going to be one of the highest paid players in Galaxy. He might be one of the best players in the MLS, actually. Which is not mm-hmm. saying a lot, League. Yeah. 
Man, when your when your best players Chicharito Hernandez before Gareth Belgat came there. So yeah, it was like. All right, as you said before, it has been confirmed that Ricky Poish is going to LA Galaxy. Huge signing for Galaxy. So I think I think that is a big signing for LA Galaxy. It gives it's them very big signing. It gives them another player, another good player. Oh, a European <laughs> trained player because like, he's you're getting a player who was developed in that Barcelona uh, system that like has developed really good players, and I think I think this also makes sense for the player as well if you think about it. Yeah, I mean like, yeah, I mean he got barely any playtime under under Goyman, and then how he comes in, he got more time, but it just wasn't it. Yeah, it just wasn't enough for him. I mean, and I look at this as like a potentially, like a Danny Carvajal, like what Carvajal did and with, with what Madrid did with Carvajal. Uh, they let him go. I think they loaned him out to another team. Let him get more playing time and experience. And then he came back to Madrid and he was now probably one of the greatest right backs in, of all time. And like, I think that could be something that Barca does. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if in like two to three years he's back in Barcelona or in the European scene. Because he's 20. He's a young kid. And I think, look, he's going to get... He's probably going to start every single game for LA Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's going to get... Be competitive because Galaxy is the best... Probably one of the best teams in in the MLS. Which, honestly, the MLS is not as bad of a league as people say it is. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I'm really excited for this move. Great move from LA Galaxy. Who have some really good guys on that team, with Chicharito and that's it. That's literally all I got. <laughs> and uh, Carlos Vela. Oh yeah, isn't he in LAFC though? Really? I think so. I think he's with Bale in LAFC. Oh, shit, yeah. 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 We don't uh, really know who the Galaxy have. <clears throat> Outside of Inter Miami, we okay. really don't watch a lot of MLS games. <laughs> <laughs> and really, the only Inter games I watch is the ones we go to live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> All right. Well, let's move on. Alex Telles has has been sent off on loan to C- Sevilla. <sighs> I think it's a really nice move for Sevilla. I don't know what was going on through Manchester's. Through Manchester's minds because, uh, because, because losing a left back like Dennis. Yeah. It's, it's a bad move. It's a bad move for Manchester United. Any way you look at it, because sure, I think you still have Luke Shaw there. You you have, you, you get, but like Alex Dennis was definitely the best player, like on that defense, easily. I think. In the very. F- in the couple games that I saw last season of Manchester United, outside of Cristiano Ronaldo and Bruno Fernandes, he was one of their best players. He was the best player on that defense. And I think you're losing that only adds to the problems that this team has. Which was really, they couldn't find consistency from others. Really, outside of Cristiano Ronaldo, there was no player last season that was super consistent in results. And Dallas showed signs, especially late in the season, that he could be really a reliable, like a Marcelo-type player, but I don't know what Manchester United was doing. 
Yeah. Uh, moving on. There is a rumor that Diego Costa could be making a return to football. Rayo Vallecano is interested in the Spanish striker. I mean... Actually, is he Spanish? Yes. Yeah. I'm almost certain he's Spanish. I think he is. But man, Diego Costa was so fun. Yeah. And the Brazilian striker. He's Brazilian? Yeah. Huh. Said he was Spanish. Yeah. Now, we know what Diego Costa was able to do in La Liga at the time that he was there. How, how much of an impact do you think he can make in Rayo Vallecano? If he goes there. I know in his time in Atletico, in Chelsea, he was an unstoppable force. I think he is exactly what Jaya Vallecano needs right now. As an off-the-bench role player. Yeah. Because I think they have Randomel Falcao. Yeah. So, I mean, that seems old, man. Those are like... Yeah. I would love to see a 4-4-2. Like a two-striker formation with Falcao and Costa. That would be the best for them. I think that would be a smart move. And I even think, look, with how good both of those guys can still maybe be, we could be talking about Vallecanos maybe in a, a, a conference league team or even a Europa League team next season. Yeah. Damn straight. Because, I mean, like Diego Costa was, in his prime, was one of the best players. Such an underrated player. I'm excited to see him back. I mean, I loved watching Diego Costa. Yeah. I mean, like, he was incredible in Chelsea. Atletico's days were incredible, bro. Those... I'm, I hope he can resemble a little bit of what he was back then. All right, moving on to our NBA portion of this episode. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get started. All right, so... There are multiple teams interested... In LeBron James. Multiple teams have called up the Lakers. Asking them for a, for a potential trade. Alright, let's, let's get it started here. What are the chances... Before we get into the teams, because I want to have a multiple discussions about this topic. The first one being, what are the chances you actually see LeBron wanting out of the Lakers, one, and two, getting traded? I mean, after the whole slump that the Lakers have been through, you know, I think, I think what, making the playoffs two times in four years, three years? Two and four years. It's two and four years, one championship in four years. And And in one of those playoff times that they got, they got swept in the first round. I think I give LeBron a 12% chance of leaving the Lakers. I I think he should. I think unless the Lakers make a big move, 
Like I said last episode, I think they, they're a couple of moves away from being contenders, I believe. But as long as the Lakers don't make those moves, I don't think LeBron... I mean, I think LeBron's going to leave the Lakers. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't... I'd be surprised if he stays after next offseason. So I think if the Lakers can get something for him, then they should. Yeah, I mean, I think the Lakers should definitely consider the option of rebuilding, whether it is with or without, without LeBron. LeBron James. And I mean, like, I think LeBron's at this stage of his career where I don't think he can afford to be on a rebuilding team. Because, like, he's what, 37, I think? Yeah, he's 37. Heading into year 20. And like, I think, honestly, I would love to see him back in Cleveland. That's the one team that I think should be called, one of those teams that should be calling the Lakers. Because I think Cleveland, they are a damn good team with Evan Mobley, with Levert, with Garland, with uh, Jerry Osmond. You put LeBron on that team, man, I think that team is a contender. What are, what are other teams that you could see LeBron James going to? If they trade him. <clears throat> if they trade him, it would definitely be a team where the Lakers can get something in return. So. Shit. Probably Utah. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know, man. If, I think... I think the only way I see the Lakers go, like, I think Utah would be interesting, but that's if they keep Mitchell. Because I don't think... I mean, I could see Cleveland. I could see Indiana for uh, maybe, like, Buddy Hewitt and Turner and, like, a couple other picks. Actually, wait, did you see, like, to a team where... where, where no, I just said Wait, a team. He would still win, or like I think I said a, I th- I said a team that you think he could go to and be competitive. And be competitive. Like, what is the one team that you think if you put LeBron James on, they instantly become title contenders? In Miami. Hell yeah, bro! I I wanted one of us to say it. I wanted one of, but hell yeah, bro! Bring him to Miami, and and honestly. It's not that far-fetched because you can make some trades. There's a good package that, that he could put together. Like, you could give up Tyler Hero. You could give up, like, Hero, Oladipo, maybe uh, uh, the big tall kid that we have. Yadabu. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce the guy's name. I think it's like... Omar. I think it's like Omar... Y- Yerksevin. Yeah, Yerksevin. So you can give up Yerksevin, Ola Depot, like Hero, like and like okay. a couple of other picks, and that could get LeBron to this team. And then imagine that team. Like Lowry, LeBron, Jimmy, Bam, Struess. That team's title contenders. Like what's, a, like what's a package that you would offer the Lakers for, for LeBron? If I'm what team? If you're Miami. I would offer them Tyler Hero, Victor Oladipo, the Omar kid, and and four first-round picks, and two pick swaps for LeBron James. 
You're getting Tyler. You're getting. That's not bad. You're getting a Tyler Hero, who's an incredibly young player. You're getting Victor Oladipo, who we saw what he did in the playoffs. He can still yeah. ball. And then you're getting Omar, who's a bench warmer. But then you're getting four first round picks and two pick swaps. That's like an out of bad deal. How about you? If you're Miami, what's the deal you're offering? I would offer Oladipo. I would offer Hero. Omar. Mm-hmm. How many picks do we have? I don't know. I think oh. we have like. I'm not sure exactly how many picks. I know I we have. Offer. A, I would honestly just offer as many picks as we can. Offer five and a swap best. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good deal. Because, like, and like we're going to talk about this later on in the show, the trade market right now with the KD and Mitchell situations, it's like we don't really know what players would really be able to get at this point. So I think LeBron would get a crazy package. So, yeah, it's going to be really... I'm really going to be interested to see what happens with the Lakers situation, especially if they're considering trading LeBron James. Yeah, definitely. Well, talking about... James and the Lakers can LeBron still badly wants Kyrie Irving in Los Angeles. Like I don't I don't really see this happening anymore because um Kyrie he himself said that he is currently in a good position with the Nets. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't rule it out. I don't think it's going. I don't think it happens this year. I think it would. If it happens, I think it could happen at the trade deadline. Probably, yeah. Because look, Kyrie. At the end of the day, we're probably not gonna see anything different from Kyrie. <laughs> I expect the same shit from Kyrie. Kyrie not to show up for work. Kyrie to do everything that he did. Because let's be honest, until I see him actually do what he says he's gonna do. I can't believe it, but like, look, I think Kyrie to the Lakers would be big. I think it should have happened by now. I think, I think if it was going to happen, it should have happened by now. Now, I do want to bring up this question here. If Kyrie goes to the Lakers, how much better does he make that team? Like, realistically, how much better does he make that team? I don't think Kyrie... I don't see him making that big of an impact as people expect him to yeah. do because he's Kyrie. Just yeah, yeah, because he's Kyrie. It's like, like, like realistically, he's not. That good all around. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest, and I'm honestly gonna go bold here. I don't even think with Kyrie the Lakers are not title contenders. With Kyrie, the Lakers would not be contending for a championship. And, like, that's crazy. And I know that sounds crazy, but, like, look. How many games do we really know we're going to get out of Kyrie? Are we going to get a full 82 games out of Kyrie? Probably not. Because he's going to find a way. He's going to say, oh, the monkeypox vaccine. I don't want to play if I don't... I don't want to get vaccinated on that, so he won't be able to play for that. Like, he's going to come up with excuses. And then, like... Look, 
even if you get him back, and even if you get something out of him, he's not going to... One player is not going to fix all of the Lakers' problems. Because, like, Russell Westbrook, here's something that a lot of people don't realize, and this is something that the media doesn't tell. Russell Westbrook was not the main problem in L.A. He was not the only problem in L.A. Sure, his performances weren't great. But, like, Russell, we're acting like if Russell Westbrook was the only reason that the Lakers lost. Yeah. Like, it's not Russell Westbrook. We saw the injuries. Like, outside of LeBron James, no other player had a good season. I mean, and, uh, I don't want to discredit Kyrie, but uh, like he is an excellent passer. But there are some moments where he can make the right passes, but there are some moments where he's an absolute ball hog. Yeah, which brings me to this question. I want you to be brutally honest with me and go bold if you need to. Right now, at this current moment, who would you rather have, Russell Westbrook or Kyrie Irving? I would have Westbrook. Yeah, me too. What? Yeah, I mean, like, I would have Westbrook because he actually shows, shows up. up. He actually puts in the and work. Look, yeah. And like last year, it's not his fault. Like he just had a, a, a bad year. Yeah. It happens to everyone. Like, I think Westbrook. <laughs> because like after he left the Thunder, like everyone called him washed in Houston. And then he went to Washington. Improved, He yeah. balled out over there, averaged triple-doubles, broke that fucking record. Yeah. And I mean, like, you can see, like... And what pisses me off, and it fucking pisses, does piss me off, is like, are we forgetting who the fuck this guy is? He's Russell Westbrook. Like, he, he averages triple-doubles. And, like, it's we are now acting like if he didn't do any of that. He, he had triple-double games this season. That's what people are forgetting. He had games where he averaged, where he put up 30 points. There was a game against the Miami Heat in late February. I remember because I saw this game. It was uh, Heat at Lakers. It was a Saturday night. LeBron wasn't playing and Anthony Davis wasn't playing. Westbrook dropped 35 points on the Miami Heat. That same Miami Heat team would later go on to... to uh, to play in the Eastern Conference Finals. So Westbrook can still play. Now, I want to ask you this question about uh, Westbrook. How much do you think the coaching change is going to help Westbrook? I think it would definitely help him in the moment. Because uh, it will certainly put him in the position to get more games. As opposed to last season... Because of his bad year. Yeah. And uh, it would certainly give him more chances to to make it up. And to put up those triple doubles. To help his team come back. Yeah. And I mean, like, honestly, I think the Lakers are just... They are trying to... Get, they're going after... I, I honestly, and I don't know if you're going to agree with this, but I much rather right now... If I had a trade offer for Russell Westbrook, if I had two trade offers for Westbrook, and if one was Kyrie Irving and the other was Miles Turner and Buddy Hield, I'm actually taking the Buddy Hield and Miles Turner one. Absolutely. Yeah, because, like, we are all, everyone's talking about Kyrie as if he was going to come in and be Cleveland Cavaliers Kyrie. We have not seen that in years. 
We have not seen a good Kyrie Irving who can show up and come play since he left Cleveland. So, I don't. I think we just gotta all hop off Kyrie's bandwagon right now. Yeah, absolutely. All right, moving on. All right, Sacramento are interested in Donovan Mitchell. Man. This makes sense for Utah. It doesn't make sense for Donovan Mitchell. It makes sense for Utah because I think you could get some good players. You could get something out of Sacramento. You could probably get Sabonis, if we're being honest. Like, I don't think the Kings would do that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why... I don't, I don't think Sacramento should be interested. I don't know. Because, like, besides Sabonis and Fox, who let's say those two are untouchable, what else do you have to offer? I mean, I think Sabonis is currently untouchable because they recently got him. Yeah. So, like, that doesn't make sense. But, like, is Fox really untouchable? I mean, here's the thing. In my opinion... Yes, because I think he's a better all-around player than what Donovan Mitchell is. And yeah, I think... And here's... I'll go bold. I'm going to go bold here. If you replace Donovan Mitchell with De'Aaron Fox in that Utah system, I think Donovan... I think De'Aaron Fox does better than what Mitchell has. Because, look, he's a better defender in my opinion. De'Aaron Fox is that man. One thing that he has that Donovan Mitchell doesn't is killer instinct. Mitchell has... Shown sights, shown signs of that. But De'Aaron Fox is a dog, man. He has no problem getting into your face and, like, bullying you up. So, I don't know. I don't know if really straight up a Mitchell for Fox trade is that much of an upgrade of your Sacramento. Like, what if you wouldn't have to give? Actually, no. What about a trade for Donovan Mitchell around Marvin Bagley? Bagley's in Detroit. Right, I forgot about that. So did I. Until you mentioned Marvin Bagley. Right. Poor man's riding in Detroit. I mean, that's my only issue. Sacramento, besides De'Aaron Fox and Sabonis, they don't really have assets. I mean, he is more of a Indiana. Guy. What? But he was in Indiana. <laughs> I know, like every one of their assets left. But he was in Indiana. Marvin Bagley's in Detroit. They have Whiteside. <laughs> Actually, no, they don't. He's in Utah. They have nobody. Yeah. No wonder that team hasn't made the playoffs in 20 years. Oh, shit. And there goes our audience in Sacramento. <laughs> Unless they are willing to like th- th- Unless they're willing to throw in both of them in for Mitchell. Which currently that does not make any sense at all. That would be a stupid deal for Sacramento. I think out of all the teams that can get him, I don't think Sacramento's one of them. Sorry, Kings fans. Donovan Mitchell's probably not gonna suit up for you guys. 
Alright. So, Draymond Green wants and still believes he deserves that max contract. Yeah. And I know we talked about this last time, but he's still confident. Okay. I do want to clarify something. I did say that he's not a max player. I, I think he's not a max player for the Warriors. Now, I want to bring this question up. Is there any team outside of Golden State that you think could give Draymond Green that max contract? Dallas? Yeah, I could see. I could really only see a couple teams doing it. That's Dallas is one of them, and they don't have the money, because they're gonna give Luca that supermax, so they're out of money. I could maybe see Miami giving him one, but I don't think they would because they want to pay Hero. Maybe. I could see the Clippers doing it, but they don't have money. So there's, I don't think, look, and this is, now, this is not a disrespect towards Draymond Green. I think he's one of the best players on that team, like I said. But literally, what does he, what, I view a max player, a max contract player, as you bring something to the team that no one else in the league can replace. Steph Curry, he brings that shooting. There's not a better shooter than than uh, Steph. Clay brings that shooting as well. There's no, I don't think there's a better shooter than than Clay other than Steph. What does the, what is that attribute for Draymond that no other player? What is he the best at in the league? I mean, he's the best at you could argue that there are better the, defenders I think than Draymond. You could argue there are better rebounders. There, yeah. So like, is that's my that's the only thing that's holding me. That's the only thing. If I was in charge of Golden State, that's the only thing that's stopping me from giving him the max. Is you're not really the best at really anything at this point in your career. And if I'm going to give you a hundred plus million dollars, I'm going to give you a hundred million dollars or more. You have to be a clear number one at doing something. You either have to be the best at something in the league or you have to be my future franchise player. I don't think Draymond's a franchise player right now. And he's arguably not, not the best at anything yeah. in the league. Yeah, and like, I think... Besides trash talk. Yeah. Well, then you could replace Patrick Warley with him. Besides making podcasts. But then he's not better than us. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, like, he doesn't have that one outlying attribute that makes him that that deserving of a max contract. Yeah. Which, yeah, it's... And, like, I get it why he wants it, because he's done a lot, but, like... I think he missed his window for being a max player. Alright, let's go. Alright. So next up, the Lakers could trade for Julius Randle. Should 
Donovan Mitchell go to the Knicks? All right. We've mentioned a lot of... We've talked a lot about the Lakers in this episode. What are your thought? What are your initial thoughts on hearing Julius Randle could return to the Lakers? See, Julius Randle, I think he could actually be that player that that we said Kyrie wasn't. Yeah. I I really, I mean, here's the thing. I think Julius Randle, alongside Anthony Davis and LeBron, would be really, really good. Because, like, I like the team. I like... <coughs> I love Julius Randle. He's so fun to watch in New York. He was an all-star... He was an all-star a couple of years ago. He had that crazy season. Then he fell off last season. But I think under the Lakers system, under David Ham, he would really be good. Now, what do you think they would give up to get Russell Westbrook? The like, I mean, the Knicks. What do you think they would give up in? What do you think they would ask to get in return for Julius Randle? What would the Lakers have to give up to get Randle? Well, they could. Damn. It probably have to be one of their. I think Westbrook would have to be in the deal. Yeah. So I think maybe Westbrook and like Malik Monk and a couple picks. Yeah, it would have to be Westbrook because um, even though AD's not that You're not gonna trade good Anthony. Yeah. as he was, they do not want to trade yeah. Anthony Davis. I don't, yeah. And then you're sure as hell not doing Julius Randle for LeBron James. <laughs> Absolutely not. Bro, if the Lakers do that, they sell the goddamn team. Just blow it up. Blow up, bro. If I, I swear to God, if I turn on ESPN one day and I see LeBron going to the Knicks for Randall, I'm going to... I am turning on this recording machine and I will, like, rant, man. But yeah, I think it's going to be... I think Westbrook, Malik Monk, and, like, a 2027 first-round pick would be enough. But, man, Julius Randall. Now, how much better do you think he's gotten since the last time he was in the purple and gold? I mean, he had a second prime in New York. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, like you, we, he, he was a beast. He showed good potential in LA. I think in New Orleans, he was just a beast. I mean, I think he has improved so much to the point where he managed to put his name back Back out there again. And I mean, like, honestly, I, and this is, I want to ask you something. Out of these players that left LA, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, uh, Julius Randle, who, out of those three players I just mentioned, who was the best player at the moment? At the moment, like right In, now? Yeah, like right now as it stands, I want you to rank Ingram, Ball, and Lonzo one through three. I say Randall, Ball, and Ingram. Damn. I'm gonna say <coughs> I agree with you on the Julius Randall part. 
But I would say it's Randall Ingram Lonzo. But man, Julius Randall has been able to put himself, like you said, back on the map. So I hope he does go back to the Lakers because it'd be really fun to see him back in the purple and gold. And it would be a very smart move. For both teams. In part of the Lakers. Yeah, honestly, for both teams. Because, like, I think he's done all he can with the Knicks team. He brought them to the playoffs. <laughs> like, people are forgetting he brought the Knicks to the playoffs at a time when, really, the Knicks haven't seen shit. They weren't shit, man. Like, they haven't made it to the playoffs before, and I think since, like, Carmelo Anthony left before Julius Randle brought them back. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I think it's... Almost, actually, I think this year it's t- 10 years, I believe. When was the last time they made it to the finals? In 2012? I think, when was the last time? The Knicks, I think the finals, they haven't made it since the 70s. Playoffs, I've been... Uh, no. yeah. Playoffs, they made it a couple of years ago with that Atlanta Hawks series, remember? I think 2021. But before that... Before that, yeah. I believe 2012. 2012? So that was like... Nine years. A nine-year playoff drought. (laughs) Julius Randle was able to bring the city of New York back to the playoffs. I mean, the kid is special, man. He's really, really a special player... And I'm excited to see how good he can be in L.A., maybe. I think he, I think he should leave the Lakers, I mean the Knicks. Yeah. Well, speaking of the Lakers and the Knicks, the Lakers, the Knicks, and the Jazz have come together to talk trades. And this was the trade that they discussed. And we'll give you our thoughts on it. Okay, so the Knicks would receive Donovan Mitchell. The Lakers would get Pat Bev, Jordan Clarkson, and Bojan Bogdanovic. And the Jazz, in turn, would receive Russell Westbrook and seven to eight first-round picks. Damn. All right. What are your thoughts on that trade? I think it's a pretty well-rounded trade. I think it's a tra- I think it's a win-win-win trade, because if you look at it, the Knicks get their guy in Donovan Mitchell, who could really be the franchise player. And then the Lakers. I think the Lakers would be like an uh, a slept-on winner for that trade because they get Patrick Beverly, who could really honestly be an improvement, especially if they, like, he could be that replacement for Westbrook. You get Jordan Clarkson, who can automatically come in and start. You get, honestly, three players who you can start day one. You could start Clarkson yeah. at your shooting guard. You can start Bojan at small forward or power forward. And you could put... Pat Bev at your point guard. Mm-hmm. I like that team. Yeah, Pat- and the Lakers get uh, Umbojan Bogdanovic, yeah. which is uh, one of the player. most underrated yeah. shooters in the game. Yeah. So, like, like you said, 
all of them could start day, day one. one. Yeah. And then plus, you add that to LeBron and Anthony Davis, plus a decent enough bench with uh, Kendrick Nunn, Malik Monk. Like, and then uh, I think DeAndre Jordan still left. I don't know. At least I don't know. Yeah. And then you get rid of Westbrook, which is apparently what both the Lakers want. So I think it's a win-win win for all the teams. But if you had to pick a winner of that trade, who was it? who would it be? I'd say the Lakers. Yeah. I'd obviously, I, 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 I would agree with you on that, the Lakers. Because, yeah, the Knicks get Donovan Mitchell. So on paper, it would look like they would win. But I think, really, all the players that the Lakers are getting would be more valuable than getting the Donovan Mitchell for the Lakers. And like, it would be like a complete rebuild in like one trade. Yeah. Be a really just boom. Yeah. So, Kendrick Perkins. Oh, God. Man, anytime we say Kendrick Perkins, we already know what the hell we're going to talk about. All right, let's get into it. Kendrick Perkins has come out with his MVP winner for the coming season. And he has... If you say, I swear to God, if you say Jason Tatum, I'm going to walk off the set. <laughs> If you say Jason Tatum, I'm walking off the set and you're doing the rest of the show by yourself. It is Jason Tatum. No. He said Anthony Davis is winning MVP in 2022-2023. Okay, I'm not walking off. (laughs) I was ready. (laughs) Like, if this was on video, you guys would have seen it. But, like, I was ready because, man, if it's Jason Tatum, no, no disrespect to Tatum, but no, hell no. All right, let's dive into it. Cause, what do you think about? How is this a how? What do you think about this hot take from Kendrick Perkins? I think it's not too hot, but it's hard enough to the point where people say like, "This guy's crazy." Here's the thing: if he can stay healthy, I don't think it's that far fetched. I think he has a good chance at winning at winning MVP, but he has to stay healthy and the Lakers actually have to win games. So like I I agree with you on the part that it's not too hot, but it's crazy it's hard enough to make people think that it's what the hell is he saying? But now this brings me to our next question I have for you. We are a couple months away from the NBA season starting. Who is your way too early MVP winner right now? Who do you think is going to win MVP at the end of the year? Give me a year going to die. <laughs> <laughs> I want Jason too. No. <laughs> no. No. I think Embiid. Yeah. Embiid 100% deserved that MVP last Oh, season. absolutely. I think Embiid deserved it. And the fact that Embiid wasn't even all NBA first team was also disgusting. And racist. <laughs> yeah, he got disrespected twice and... Uh, In one day. He is going... Yeah, I think a revenge season. Revenge. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go bold here. I'm going to say this man gets his third MVP, Stephen Curry. I think we're about to see... I Here's the thing. 
I think we're about to see the craziest Stephen Curry ever. We are about to see the best Steph Curry we have seen since his unanimous MVP days. Man, Steph has so much in the tank. You saw it in the finals. He is still Stephen Curry. So I think he's going to come out here this season and like show the world who the hell he is. Definitely not Jason Tatum. <laughs> and here's the thing. I don't want Definitely you... I don't hate Jason Tatum, man. I don't hate Jason Tatum. And I know everyone listening to this probably thinks I hate Jason Tatum. I really don't hate Jason Tatum. I just hate people that think Jason Tatum is the GOAT. Like, what the fuck, dude? I've just seen way too many people overhype Jason Tatum. Like, bro, he had a one good he had one good playoff run. He's not LeBron James, guys. God. Damn, can we stop overhyping this man? Like, he's a good player. He's just not as great as people think he is. I don't, but like, yeah, I don't hate Jason Tatum. Tatum, please come on the show one day. I'll clear things up with you. I'm not, I'm not oh, a, <laughs> I'm not Skip and LeBron hating. <laughs> or maybe I am. <laughs> All right, let's get in. Let's. Continue. All right. Well, we are going to take some time to acknowledge the passing of one of the greatest basketball players of all time. Basketball players of all time. Arguably the best Best. center of all time. Yeah. Honestly, for me, in my opinion, the best Celtic of all time. He is the best Celtic. He is the best Boston Celtic player. And it was insane... It was insane when I found out about his passing. It was... Really, it felt like it didn't happen. It felt like it was fake. Mm -hmm. And it kind of had, like... It had a similar effect to, like, when Kobe passed. Like, I didn't want to believe it. absurdly close to how Kobe Kobe felt. Because I, I remember I was eating... I was eating... With my sister and her friend. And then my sister got a notification on her phone from uh, from TMZ. And it was like, Kobe passed away in this helicopter thing. Yeah. This and that. It was... And I was like, no, it's a prank. Yeah. She was like, no, it's real. I, I was... Like, no, it's not. Ironically... They hit too close to home. I was playing basketball with a f- couple of friends of mine. And we were just hooping. And then but all, all five of us, all of our phones start to ring. So we just pick it up and we all see the same notification. Kobe Bryant passes away. We just all started fucking crying right there and then. And then with Bill Russell, I was watching SummerSlam with my dad. We were just talking about wrestling and having a good time and laughing. When I get a phone call from, uh, from someone who, uh, who helps us on the show and... Gives us some sources here and there. And they told me Bill Russell just passed. And I was watching a movie. Yeah. <laughs> and then I got a text from you. Yeah. Telling me that Bill Russell died. Yeah. It was, I couldn't believe it. I could not believe it. Like, I was watching a wrestling pay-per-view when I find out Bill Russell dies. I'm like, holy shit. So then I immediately, we immediately took to Twitter to... I think it was like 9 or 10 at night. Yeah. When he died. But damn, bro. 
it 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 hit it hit really fucking hard, man. Cause like, like Bill Russell changed the game. Like he he the Finals MVP is named after him and everything. Yeah. And like, eleven yeah. championships. In thirteen years. In thirteen years. At a time where. Where what Chamberlain played, like was people dis in his peak. Yeah, yeah, like people. And here's the one thing that I hate about modern basketball fans and the media: they discredit what like, like yeah, maybe we couldn't see it. Maybe they aren't highlights, but that doesn't mean it didn't happen. Like, music. We're disrespect. It's like it's like saying the dinosaurs weren't real because we couldn't see them. Yeah. Like eleven championships in thirteen years. It's insane. Even man. if you're not the best center of all time, the that puts you that the greatest player of all time. That will put it's you still eleven yeah. rings See, in like, thirteen years. Like let's think, it's eleven championships is more than Jordan has. It's more than LeBron will have. It's more than both of those guys will ever have. Cause like there's no way in fucking hell that LeBron's making it to eleven. It's almost as much as Kobe, Jordan, and LeBron have. Come on, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is as much as, Co- as Kobe and Jordan yeah. combined. And I think people disrespect Bill Russell too much by not putting him in the GOAT debate. So, may he long rest in peace and... Man, holy shit, we're doing more of these. <laughs> Hopefully this is... It's been a while since we've done these. Yeah. And I mean, like, another thing that was crazy is, like, if you remember, Kobe died. When Kobe died, a couple weeks earlier, David Stern died. Right. David Stern. So, rest in peace to Bill Russell and the 2K Challenge. I mean, hell, he has a 2K Challenge named after him and everything. May he long rest in peace. Okay, let's get back into the happy stories. It's way too depressing. <laughs> Alright, so. Amid KD trade rumors, Bam Adebayo has committed to Miami, saying he wants to stay in Miami forever. I mean, now. What are your thoughts on Bam wanting to stay in the heat? I respect him. And like, yeah. yeah, he has. I have the utmost respect for him for staying to the team yeah. that drafted him, for being with it, ups and downs. Yeah, which a is a loss like, in the finals. Yeah, a loss in the conference finals. Like yeah. he hasn't won a champ, yeah. which is which is what like I think. And I'm going to go... We are going to talk about Shaq and his comments, right? Yeah. So we're going to talk about Shaq's comments on KD. And then I'm going to rip him a new one. I'm going to rip KD a new one. It's in the back, I think. Yeah. So yeah, we're going to get into that later. But I think what these players are fucking missing is fucking loyalty. Like, where the hell has loyalty gone in the game? Because, like, if we start thinking about it, players don't win a championship, they immediately request a trade. 
They will request a trade, and they will get... Yeah, you know what? To absolute hell with this. <laughs> we'll be damn out of my husband's my utmost respect for being loyal. The KD needs to be more like him. Yeah, let's get into the KD, actually. Now I'm pissed off. <laughs> All right, so Shaq had very true words about KD. Now, Shaq said this. Was it, was it this one? It was. I believe so. No, it was this one. No. It was this one. I think. Yes. Alright, Shaq said on Kevin Durant's trade request, he said, when you put a house together, you should live in it. He said, you, as a leader, should make it work. But you don't want to make it work, I guess. You know he's probably trying to get... You know he's probably trying to get to a contender. It's easier that way. Okay. I'm going to let you go at it. I'm going to let you start off with this. And then I'm going to uh, absolutely rip Katie a new one. Okay, Kevin Durant, okay, leaving Brooklyn, a team that he put, that he forced the management to put a team together, bringing in Harden, Kyrie, okay, okay, Blake Griffin, the, the Andre Jordan, LaMarcus L- L- Aldridge, and now two, two years? Three years. Right, give or take two to three years of of not winning it, of losing in the Eastern Conference Finals to the Bucks, and now he wants to leave. It's like it's like when Katie was in the Thunder against the Golden State Warriors. He lost to them and now he requested trade and joining the Warriors and now Kyrie Okay, now <laughs> KD is 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 back to old ways, and and request another trade. Ah, right, you done? Yeah. Kevin Durant, you listen to me, and you listen to me, damn, more, sir. You are the weakest superstar the NBA has ever seen. You are the most egotistical. Superstar the NBA has ever seen. You are the def. You are you are the ki- You are literally the spoiled brat of the NBA. Let's look at. Let's run down through your career here. In your many years in OKC, one trip, three trips to the Western Conference Finals. One trip to the finals, you lost to LeBron. You then proceed to lose to Golden State in the Western Conference Finals. You then, the following that offseason, you join Golden State. You win all the things in the trophies. To this day, as a Warriors fan, because I am a Warrior, I do like the Warriors, those rings have no value. You then leave Golden State because you knew you were never going to be the man. You then go to Brooklyn. And you realize 
how much of a pain in the ass Kyrie is, and you, what, make it to, in three years, you get swept in the playoffs once, you don't make it once, and you lose in the Eastern Conference Finals. And now what, you want to leave? Why? Because Kyrie may wants out? Even though, here's the thing. Bro, you go to, you go to Brooklyn to prove that you're the man. But when you can't do that, what do you do? You get James Harden in there. When that doesn't work out, you ship him out for Ben Simmons. These are moves that were made by Kyrie Irving. Don't give me that bullshit. Those were you, Kevin. So let me ask you something, KD. When the f- is it going to stop? Why not? Why not go? I dare you. And I have this one dare for Kevin Durant. Go back to OKC. Demand a trade to go to OKC. I would like to see how long that lasts. Because you are a superstar who if the media isn't talking about you and you are not winning, you will never be complete. You are... I fully agree with... I fully agree with Stephen A. when he said that the weakest move a superstar has ever done. But it, do, it shouldn't surprise anyone. Because at the end of the day, you will always be a cupcake and you will always be a snake. I rest my case. And screw you, Katie. Alright, so, uh, moving on in, uh, in lighter (laughs) topics. Exactly. The the Lakers have interest in Cam Reddish. Damn. I forgot about Cam Reddish. (laughs) I mean, I would, I think Cam Reddish would be a good player. I think... I think Cam Reddish... If you could get Cam Reddish and Julius Randle on that team, that's a good team. That's a really good team. So, what are your thoughts about the Lakers getting interested in Cam Reddish? I think... I think it's good for both sides. You know, Cam Reddish is underrated, in my belief. Yeah. And uh, a move to the Lakers could certainly... Put his name out there. Yeah. Put the Lakers back on top. I mean, I, I'm definitely gonna. I definitely want to see that. I and I mean, like I've, I've, I, I think Cam Reddish has been. He's always been underrated. He was underrated in Duke, because he was playing with RJ, uh, Zion, and then he's always been really underrated in the Hawks, in the Knicks. So I'm excited. I hope he does go to the Lakers. Because I think that would be a move that, like you said, it could put him back on the map and put the Lakers back on top. Speaking of young talents, Lamelo Ball is eligible for a for a five year, two hundred two point five million extension in twenty twenty three. The Ball brothers getting paid, my man. The Ball brothers getting paid. Now let me ask you this question: two hundred plus million. We've had this conversation on the show. How there's select players that are deserving of $200 million. And then we've seen this offseason players like Zion, Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, Jokic, Cat get 200 plus. Is LaMelo in that boat of being worth 200 plus? Like at this stage, definitely not. But I think in the span 
of that five-year extension, somewhere in there, he will absolutely get to that level. I will say this. I feel like that $200 million is more of an investment than it is like a, a we're keeping you here. And I think he's worth every penny of the $200 million because you are buying with that $200 million the potential, his potential. It's like, look, he right now, yes, he looks like a Mazda. He's reliable, but he's not great. But you are going to pay that price because you think that Mazda in two to three years could turn into a Ferrari. And I 100% believe he can because he's shown the speed, the quickness, the agility, the passing, the scoring. I mean, like, he's now goes from being number two to number one. I think that that is a good reason. I think 200 plus million for him feels to me like more of an investment than it does a decision and I would make that decision. Absolutely. I mean like all of those attributes that you said like holy shit absolutely the passing. Oh man that passing. I think you know what I'm going to go bold here and everyone called the Varball crazy when he said this but I think he might be the gr- the best passer since my magic, he might be on that magic level of passing, like the things that you will watch, man, like the things that this boy will do to you. Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah. Pause. <laughs> <laughs> Pause. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean. Uh... There have been some outstanding passers. Magic. Steve Nash. Bird, Steve Nash. I think he is the best passer since we like, have ever seen since Isaiah Thomas. Holy f- I forgot about IT. And we're going to talk about Isaiah Thomas a little bit later on. Man, I think he might be one of the best passers. I think he's the best passer of this current generation right now. He's the best passer in the league. And he reminds me so much of that Showtime Magic Johnson. Oh, yeah. I see it, too. Yeah. Like, those passes, those behind-the-backs. If you don't see it, you're fucking crazy. <laughs> exactly. First of all, if you don't, if you, if you don't think LaMelo Ball is a good passer, you, you, you should be tested for weed, and you have no idea what the fuck you're talking <laughs> You should be tested, and you should also be... <laughs> and you should not watch basketball again. I was about to say something that was probably going to get us cancelled. <laughs> Alright, let's get back in. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he definitely has potential for the 200 yeah. plus million contract. It's a really good... It's a really good... Uh, yeah. It's a contract. Alright, let's, let's move on. Actually... Well, what other players do you see being able to be worth of that kind of in- investment? Investment. I think, and look, it's going to make me sound a little biased here. I think Tyler Hero. Because I think Tyler, his shooting is something that I have not seen in a long time. He is, and we're going to do this later on in the show where we're going to talk about resemblance and, and rejects here. But he is the closest thing to Ray Allen that I've seen in a long time. 
His shooting form and ability matches Ray's perfectly. He reminds me a lot of Ray Allen. So I think Tyler's up there. I think, honestly, I think Ingram is a 200 million player. I think his level of physicality and his scoring. And then I honestly think, this is going to be bold here. But I think Scotty Barnes will be worth two hundred million dollars one day. How about you? Yeah. I would say Evan Mobley. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I could see Evan Mobley. <clears throat> Actually, who of this, who of this recent draft class, is worth two hundred? We're talking about the Chet Holmgren Evan yeah. Mobley. Yeah. Believe it or not, I don't think Chet is. I don't think Chet will ever be worth $200 million. There's a couple. I think that uh, Pablo will be worth $200 million easily in a couple years. I think he... I think... Um, what's his name? Actually, anyone outside of Chet, yeah. Pablo... Yes. Jaden Ivey. I think Jaden Ivey is a $200 million player. I think Jaden I think uh, And Jabari? No I don't think Jabari's 200 million And I like the kid Who are you talking about? Jaden Ivey He he went to the Pacers I think the one I'm talking about the one kid I have on 2K Ah One kid I'm seeing him Because I play with him on 2K every day Ah He's got a dark matter But that doesn't help Ah Damn it (laughs) Wait, they all have their... Exactly. Uh, Caleb Love. I think Caleb Love is a $200 million player. And then there's actually a couple of players that I think will be worth... There's one player that is worth $200 million and he's not, not even in the NBA yet. That's Victor Wambayama. Hell yeah. He is too... I would give him $200 million as a signing bonus for his rookie contract. <laughs> like, this man is the next... Look, this man is Michael Jordan, LeBron, and Giannis in combined. <laughs> and Steph Curry, because he's shot from the fucking logo. He's 7'6". And he's shooting fucking logo threes. I think all he has to do is put on some muscle. And he would be the best player in the league once he gets... Yeah, man, if here. he can put some muscle, he's going to be like... Remember in Space Jam, the goon squad? Yeah. That's what Victor Wambayamba would be if he put on muscle, bro. <laughs> Fucking alien. <laughs> goon squad. <laughs> the fucking goon squad one. They would make Space Jam 3, but instead of... Okay, goon squad, it's a team. <laughs> just get him. It's just a team filled with victors. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to steer the moon. <laughs> yeah, man. The claw. <laughs> E.T. for them. Right. You see, this is why you guys listen to us. Fucked up conversation like this. Alright. <laughs> 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 Alright. Charles Barkley said, on Stephen Curry, he said, it's 
Then he's at the table in the Hall of Fame with Isaiah Thomas as probably the best point guards. These two are probably the best point guards to ever play the game. Yes, I agree with him 100%. I would even go as far as this. I remember we were talking about this. I don't think, I don't remember what game. It was, I think either before game four or game five of the, uh, it was either between game three and four of the finals. And we did an episode and we said that if Steph wins it, he will be in the conversation for greatest point guard of all time. I think he is now the greatest point guard of all time. Because we look at his resumes, all the championships, I believe it's what, four now? Four champ, four finals. Two league MVPs, unanimous, an all-star game MVP, a finals MVP. He's got the most three-pointers made in NBA history. Now, that record's probably not going to be broken. So, Stephen Curry is the greatest point guard of all time, and I don't think it's close. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. In my opinion, he is the greatest point guard of all time. But, like, in the Bronze situation, like, many people view him as the goal. Like, they believe he's the goal. Yeah. Other people don't. So, I'm in the yes for Curry. But other people are not. So, like, I feel like if Curry can, if Curry can win another MVP, yeah. I feel like he's set. Yeah. Oh, I think if he can win another title. If he can win one more this year. I think if he can win one, he'd be at... Then we... we five. He'd be at five. He would pass LeBron. He would pass LeBron. He'd be one away from Jordan. It would be tied with... Kobe. With Kobe. So then I, I don't think there's... I think it's undoubtedly. If he can get five, it's undoubtable. He's undoubtedly the GOAT. I mean, <laughs> the greatest point guard of all time. And... <laughs> Yeah, no. but then there is a way. And here's the thing. I want to ask you something. We've had this debate before, but I want to know if I want to see yeah. something. Is there anything Stephen Curry or any other player can do? Not just Steph. Is there anything any other player could do to pass LeBron James? Or is LeBron just in a mountain of his own? Any other player? Any other player. Could be Steph. Could be any player. Can any other player ever get to the level of LeBron and even pass him as the second uh, in that mountaintop of goatness? And goat rush mode, like they like to call it. <laughs> I, I mean, just I don't know. Right now. <laughs> I mean, like, there are only a handful of players that have that potential. But I feel like as close as they might get, I don't think... Anybody could pass the run. Which now brings me to my next question. Of all things he has done. Is there anything LeBron can do to make him the undisputed go? If he can... If he can somehow... If he can somehow get one more ring. So you, so you think with five rings he's the undisputed go? And the finals MVP. Okay, yeah, well, obviously. But let's be honest. Yeah. On, the, on that team, if he were to win it, he's probably... On any team, he's probably going to win it. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I think, yeah. I, I mean, he's already passing Korean yeah. this season. So, so yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, I think here's the thing, and this is far fetched. If he can somehow win a championship with this team this season, in the same season that he passes Kareem, there's no debate there. There will be no one, no one could ever debate that with this Lakers team. If he can bring them to the finals and win. In the same season that he passed Kareem, only one man would be able to debate that, and that's Skip because he just hates LeBron. Actually, tell me this. Wait, LeBron is about to enter season number 20. He's about to pass Kareem. He has four rings. If he wins one more, he's the GOAT. Yeah. But, like, how long do you think he has? He is clearly n- not on his way down. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to go bold here. He has the potential. If he... <laughs> Fucking 10 more years. No. No. no, no, no. I think he has three... I think he has five more years. I think five realistic years. And in those five years, I think there's a good chance he finishes with seven to eight rings. Three to four more championships if he plays his cards right and leaves LA now. He goes to a. Con- I think he should request a trade right now, go to Cleveland, he wins right there. He would win, he would instantly be a contender in that East. And with how loved that, and how, with how that East is, you put LeBron back on the Cavs, LeBron continues to dominate the East. I think he wins that one. So then let's say he does that, he would have what? That would be five. Five, yeah. Five. Then I think. He could maybe then go... I think he could run it back and win another one. That'd be six. Then whatever team Bronny cuts. Bronny's not going to be a lottery pick, let's be honest. He's not going to be a top five pick. He's good. He's not that damn good. I don't know. He's good, but he's not that good. So he's going to go to a, eh, a pretty decent team. You put LeBron on that team, I think he wins a couple right there. So there's a realistic chance of him ending with seven or eight. Right. Six, seven, eight. I mean, I can see it like realistically, five more years. Like, if you play five years, like what's one more? Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, if you play five. What is one more? You are damn right about that, bro. So, how many? How many do you think he wins? How many do you think LeBron retires with? I mean, there are so many things that could go into it. You know, like like trains. Yeah. And stuff. So yeah, it's definitely gonna be interesting. If he leaves, he could definitely get three more. Mm-hmm. At least. If he doesn't stay, I'll give him at most two. Yeah. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see what happens with LeBron and everything. So, yeah. LeBron, let's see what happens with him. All right. All right this well, is going to be. As we said earlier, when. It's going to be a fun thing. But LeBron James only needs to average 16.2 points per game 
in this season to pass Kareem all time. Damn. And we know he is Let's be honest, fully he's capable. He's doing it. He's doing, it. doing it. He's, he's probably going to do it within the first two months of the season. I think by November, December, he's going to be doing it. He would have passed him. Jesus Christ, man. And, and here's the thing. It is insane that people still hate this man. Like, he has nothing more to prove. He has all the accolades. He's going to pass Curry. He's going to be the number one scorer of NBA history, bro. More than Kobe, more than Michael, more than George. Um, yeah. More than Kobe, Michael, Shaq, Pippen, Curry, Harden, Wade, Bosh, everyone. Magic, Bird, all of those players. LeBron's going to be the best scorer. So, it's, it's man... I'm I am so excited to see the day he passes Kareem what Skip Bayless tweets. He's <laughs> probably gonna say like, oh he did it on a free throw, invalid. Shut the fuck up you. <laughs> probably gonna say it's like, oh, but he did it on a free throw, Jordan would have dunked. <laughs> probably. Freaking skip. <laughs> Wait, I was gonna say this last time, but like now that we're on this topic, and you said that you said he has at least five years. Mm-hmm. How much do you think he ends with? Points? Yeah. What's he at? Like, is that what? I think 35,000? Is at 37, I think. So he's about to pass him. Okay, so if you don't, my answer is going to depend on how much Kareem's got. Because, yeah, he says five years. I say he has five years left. All right. Wait, no. I would say meters. So Kareem, I think, should be at 37,000. Kareem is at 38,387. And LeBron's going to pass him. LeBron has 37,062. Alright, so LeBron's going to pass him this season. He's going to have I think anywhere from 45,000 to 50,000 points. Because look, he's at 38,000 now. Let's say he plays five more seasons. I think he could easily do a good 20,000. Like, I think he does good enough. So yeah, I think anywhere from 45 to 50,000 points. How about you? Okay, what is the average points for like a season? Like, like a thousand? Yeah. Two thousand? Yeah, I think it's like two thousand a season. So he's gonna give him finish forty six thousand to fifty four. Yeah. 
I think forty-five to fifty thousand. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. I'm excited to see LeBron, man. It's gonna be such a sad day when he leaves, when he retires, bro. You mean like the day Messi went out of retirement? God damn, I hear mm-hmm. pain, bro. Alright. You gotta enjoy them while you can. Alright, moving on. Man, this is going to be a fun one. This is gonna be the main event of the show. <laughs> yeah. Alright, so we came up with this. Today. Today, yes, yeah. we were doing the pre pre show meeting, and we 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 wanted to make it fun for you guys. We wanted to give you guys a a fun little game that you could more than likely gonna disagree with us on most of them, but it's let's explain how it works. So upon planning, we came up with this, and it's basically what players of this generation remind us remind us of. An older great. So I'm gonna name a player, and then we're gonna say we're gonna see who in this generation reminds us of that player. All right, let's get started. Hakeem Olajuwon. Who is the modern day Hakeem in this league? I'm probably going to get hate for this, but Evan Mobley. Damn! Evan Mobley, modern day Hakeem. I like that. I disagree with you, but I like it. For me, the modern day Hakeem is... um. I'm going to get a lot of hate for this. We're both going to get really shit on. Bam Adebayo. I think for me, Bam Adebayo is the modern day Hakeem. He plays like him. He's like that style... All right, so that's in. I like this. I like it. All right, we. I'm pretty sure I know who you're gonna pick for this next one. <coughs> Steve Nash. Who's the modern day Steve Nash? Chris Paul. Yeah, I, I, I definitely like that one. I think Chris Paul and Steve Nash are very close. I like it. Okay, Shaq. Joel Embiid. Yeah, I, I gotta say it's Cat, because of how dominant they are inside. They both are, freaking massive human beings. All right. Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas. Wait, which one? Not the uh, the like Pistons. 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 It. I forgot there was. Pistons I IT. forgot about the other one. This is so corny, but Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> I say Patrick Beverly. They were both bullied, bullies, and they were just going insane. Kind of, kind of strong, yeah. Yeah. Kobe. Which player reminds you of Kobe?
Yeah, because this is like a difficult one because of how good Kobe was. Yeah, I'm going to be honest here. I got to say Luca. Luca reminds me a lot of Kobe. How good he plays that jumper, the fadeaway. His, his mentality. You know, if, if we would have done this a couple months ago, I would have said Devin Booker, but then I saw what he did in Game 7. So yeah, my answer is Luka Doncic. I don't really have someone that reminds me cool. of Kobe. Kobe. <laughs> Kobe. <laughs> Kevin Garnett. Zion. <laughs> I think Zion, when he plays you, reminds me so much of Kevin Garnett. I want to say Bam. Yeah, I could have seen that. I was between putting Bam or, uh, or Zion, but I put Bam for Hakeem. Michael Jeffrey Jordan. I'm going to say DeRozan. Damn. Current DeRozan. I'm going to say Stephen Curry. In the ways that they revolutionized the game. If you look at what Jordan did with the Jordan brands and look at what Steph has done with his threes, with the three-point line. Dwayne Wade. Who reminds you of D. Wade? Donovan Mitchell. I'm going to say DeRozan. Now this one should, this one's going to be interesting. I know he's not retired, but who reminds you of LeBron? Ronnie. <laughs> 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 For me, it's Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum is the closest thing to LeBron I've seen in ever, ever, like ever. And it's not just to save my ass from hating on Tatum <laughs> earlier. <laughs> you guys see, you see Boston, I do like Tatum. <laughs> yeah, Jason Tatum for me. He is such, he's such an OP player. I'm between Tatum and Zion. Both. <laughs> I'm gonna say Zion. Yeah. The hype and everything. I can see why you guys feel that. Vince Carter. Andrew Wiggins. Whoa. I'm going to say Zach Levine because of the dunks. I was between Levine and Wiggins. All right. Now, I think it was only fit that we ended up with, we left it off with these two. They were great rivals, icons of the game. Actually, we're going to do these next three. Bill Russell. The late, great Bill Russell. I would have said Mobley. It didn't change. Who reminds me of Bill Russell, who is so 
dominant defensively, offensive. Maybe the reigning defensive player of the year and two-time MVP, Giannis Antetokounmpo? <laughs> I think Giannis is a better version of Bill Russell. So now I left these two for the last because they were great rivals, incre- one of the greatest rivalries of all time, icons of the games, in, two, in an era where you wouldn't see these two, where you would never see people that look like, like, each o- like them go at each other. You know where I'm going with this. Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. Who reminds you of Magic and Bird? In, in terms of passing, I want to say Mellow. Yeah. For me, Mellow reminds me... Actually, he also reminds me of playing style of Magic. Loved how Magic played, and I love how Lamelo plays. How about for Bird? <laughs> I'm going to go Clay Thompson. I just think the way he plays... Yeah, and he just... And he's just so good at threes. <laughs> yeah, I got to go... Uh, Clay Thompson. For Bird, I'm going to say <laughs> Jason Tatum. I can see it. Yeah, I mean, like, if. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Those are the NBA equivalents. And that is the show. <laughs> that is. One of the most fun shows we've done. So thank you so much for listening, everybody. And big things will be happening company-wise that we will be announcing probably shortly, hopefully. So thank you so much for listening today. We are celebrating our... Six months. Six months. So I'm going to... It's been a very fun ride. I'm going to let Armand start with his... Uh, thank yous and then I'm gonna go into some sentimental details yeah well thank you guys so much for for being with us from the start being here in our downs while we build some ups yeah <sighs> and we hope you will stick with us until we get big <laughs> that's what she said <laughs> Uh. Oh. Still, thank you guys so much and and we really appreciate it so thank you alright before I thank you guys I want to thank you you have been the best goddamn co-host I could have asked for the way I've seen you mature from uh, from the person you were when we first started this to where you are now has made me truly the most proud partner and best friend I could ever be. So for that, I want to thank you. And now you guys. God, I'm going to cry. <laughs> you guys have been through uh, with us. You guys have no idea what this means to us and to me. When I first started this about six months ago, when I first got the idea for this, I knew that I wanted it to mean mean something and I'm not gonna lie to see the support that we've gotten over the last six months I've truly it's truly moved me and 
it makes me realize and it makes me literally love to wake up every single day and get to work on the show and then I get to come in here and record and I get to do it with my best friend which is incredible for me and then I get to see the support that we get on Twitter on Facebook on Instagram I've gotten some opportunities here that I never thought I'd be able to and for that I want you guys to know that we are truly grateful and I don't just wear this shirt. I don't just wear this logo as a logo. I wear this as a symbol. I wear this close to my heart because it's where it needs to be. Because Pegasus is what I bleed. I sleep, I eat, I dream, I pee, I do everything with Pegasus. And trust me, I am obsessed with this. And the fact that we're getting the results that this is getting, I am so happy. So six months these have been the best six months of my life it's also been the hardest working six months of my life so for that i just want to say thank you so much to everyone listening and i want to say thank you to you too for putting up with my crap (laughs) and uh we hope you guys enjoyed this show today it was extra special and we're so excited and we hope that you guys let us continue to to give us the honor and privilege of entertaining you guys. Peace out. Peace.